Nothing will spark a man's innovation. Creativity. And die hard go-to. Like having to take a dump in the woods. Welcome to the Poultry Homestead Podcast, everybody. I'm glad you're here. Have you taken a dump in the woods lately? There's usually a story behind something like that, and there's plenty of them. In the Midwest here, you know, we have this thing. It's it's called deer season. And let's be honest, during deer season and at hunting camp, not a whole lot of us middle-aged men eat quite as healthy as we do at home. You know, you don't have mama cooking anymore, and you got Joe Schmo with his fancy high-fat, high-cholesterol grilling or smoking or any recipe that uh, goes into it. It's usually not something that you eat on a daily basis. And By golly, the next morning after a, a couple Miller Lights and a, and, a, and, a, and a bad night of eating and, and having sweets and treats and everything else and packing your pack for the deer stand and nature will indeed come a calling and your innovation has to get pretty Johnny on the spot now if you're responsible like my uncle taught me he said you never go into the woods without 10 sheets of toilet paper folded up in the back pocket of your pants now that's something that has ran true for me years and years, and I've always had it, just in case that moment came, but uh, let's just say not everybody does that, and not everybody is as innovative, so they need to figure out what they're going to do, whether it's cutting off a sleeve of a shirt, or I know one gentleman who the other day, he, uh, he had one of those chairs in his blind, you know those chairs that you buy, they... They, they come in a bag and they're kind of made out of like a like a like a nylon material and they fold out they have two armrests you know you can buy them for 15 bucks they're made in China you can buy them you know at the local super center or whatever and you can get a few of them for relatively cheap they all come in different colors and sometimes they even come in camo or with one of your favorite logos on there or whatever so this gentleman he uh, he had his bow with him. And he, he saw that there was tags on there, and nature was a calling. I mean, the guts were rolling. And you know, you tend to be a little more loose than you usually are on uh, those moments. So he promptly took an arrow out of his quiver and cut one of those tags that's off the bag of that chair, you know, because that chair, the bag, has a bunch of tags on it to tell you where it's from and... What, who made it and all that shit. He did not give two shits less about who made it or where it came from. All he saw was a beautiful piece of something to wipe his rear with. So he took a broadhead and cut her off, went out back of the blind, and in his bright orange clothes that people can see you from miles away in, sat there and had a big old Cleveland steamer in the woods 
that's creative. Anyway, last time I left you folks, I uh, was a little bit, uh, not, not on edge, I would say, but I, I was a little, I, I just knew I had to do something different with my deer hunting week. My deer hunting week has been a banner, banner year. I have seen all kinds of whitetails, had all kinds of action, been letting arrows fly, been seeing some of the biggest whitetails I've ever seen, been seeing quantities of whitetails. I've been having action, action, action. And, you know, that, that day, I think it would have been, oh my goodness, Wednesday, I suppose. So Wednesday, at about uh, noon, I, I made that last podcast, and today it's Monday. But uh, I'll pick up where I left off, and I'll leave the choice up to you as to how you want to hear all this. But uh, there, there's a lot to learn yet in this next epi- in this episode, I guess. I'm in the house right now uh, cleaning up some pots and pans from a beautiful lasagna that my wife made. She will not give you the recipe, however. You must give up a very precious part of your anatomy for that. Anyway, on to the next thing. So I, uh, I found this spot of state land. I was, I was a little discouraged and I educated a six point buck. And um, you know, I've been eyeballing a piece of state land that's not too far away from my house, less than 10 miles. And um, I've been I've been eyeballing it for quite a while. I've been seeing quite a few deer trails. And uh, I thought, well, it's a nice day. It's windy. It's it's nice. And, you know, get out there and get after it. You know, hang a stand and, and hunt the evening shift. You know. So I uh, promptly, you know, went out there and found my spot and got into this uh, wooded thicket that I wanted to be in. And I've been thinking about this spot for a couple of years. I've been looking at it on satellite, just Googling at, at, at just how good of a spot this could be, you know, with all the deer trails in there that you can see from satellite. And a lot of people don't look for that. They just look for woods and, oh, there's a pinch point. There's a spot. There's this. There's that. It's not about always pinch points. Sometimes you just got to be where the deer are, and the deer trails will evidently show you that time and time again, you know. Especially during this rut time, you know, you're going to have your your moments where you, uh, where a lot of the, the action that you get in the woods is because of the rut, and that's why I take this time off. So anyway, I got myself up in a, up in a tree. I found a hell of a good tree. I thought the trees were actually smaller in there from the from the satellite view and from the view from the road that I had, I, I honestly thought that the trees in this little kind of thicket grove were were a lot smaller. And I got there and I was pleased as punch to see that they were plenty big for my deer stand. Big, big as any tree that I always hang my deer stand in. So I uh, proceeded to get myself in a uh, in a, in a uh, I think it was a poplar tree. One of those ones with white bark, kind of like a, a birch, but not, not as pretty as a birch. So anyway, I got myself way up. I mean, way up in this uh, poplar tree. And it was nice straight trunk, good to go. Not leaning too bad. So I, I got me up there and uh, I got to looking around and I, all of a sudden I looked over and 
I'm, I'm bordering private land on this spot. And I looked over and my heart sank. About 20 yards away to my northwest on a property line, there was a, um, a ladder stand that you can tell has been there for a few years. But I thought, oh boy, you know, I mean, am I going to have a visitor tonight or not? Because, like I said, you know, not a lot of people, I, I like to go where people don't go or where people are not willing to go. And this was one place where from the private land you can drive your four-wheeler up to this freaking stand that this that was here. But if you were to do it legally like I did on the public side, you've got yourself a chore getting over there, which which is what I did. And I got up there and I it, it really kinda kinda irked me that I did not see it, but but it's so thick in there and stuff that of course I didn't see it till I was 20 feet up in the tree. Plus I didn't trespass. So I wouldn't have seen the stand had I, had I, had, you know, if I'm, if I'm doing it legally, I would not have seen the stand, you know. So I was a little bummed, but I thought, you know what, that might be a gun hunter and that thing could have been there for three years and nobody's ever hunted in it. So I'm just going to uh, hunt here tonight. So I got to in my spot and I try not to root around a whole lot once I get to a good spot. But uh, I used my binoculars and looked at some of the area trees and within 20 yards, I had eight of the biggest buck rubs that I've seen in a long time. They were plenty high off the ground. They were really big rubs and they were looking good. I mean, I was extremely impressed. <coughs> Excuse me. So anyway, I stayed up there and hunted till dark or whatever, and I had a bunch of turkeys come by, and they were they were definitely part of my party. Um, but I did not see that giant buck that's in there, nor did I see any does or anything. Does or fawns. Um, it is a, also a very popular area to pheasant hunt, and it's possible that you know during pheasant season that the deer mainly get kind of chased out of there. And, and they don't do much in there. There's plenty of pheasants in there. I heard them all, but uh, I did not see any pheasant hunters. Um, a lot of times, like your pickup, they don't know if you're pheasant hunting or not because I lock everything up and I, I shut all my doors and the windows are kind of tinted. So they, they don't really know if I'm a pheasant hunter or a deer hunter either way. Um, so anyway, I, I, uh, I, I finished that night there. I came home and my, my daughter had three girls overnight. So uh, I got home and helped uh, my beautiful missus uh, with some of the dishes and some of the stuff that went on with having all these kids overnight. Uh, they were great kids, by the way. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a busy time when you when you got more than just one at home. Um, so anyway, we, we got that done, you know, and I thought, well, the next morning I, I said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go out there for the morning hunt. See what I can conjure up. Um, it was Thursday morning that I was going out there. I just didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to disturb anyone if they were going to be in that ladder stand. I completely concur and understand that I was legal in what I was doing. I was there first, but the property line was right where that stand is. And I'm pretty sure that they accessed that stand from the private property. 
and I just didn't want that altercation. I mean, what if it was a little teenage kid that just wanted to come out and hunt, you know? I mean, just don't only get, you know, they're in sports or whatever and they only get a little bit of time to hunt. So I thought, you know what, I got that stand there, I'll hunt this morning, and then after this, I'm done here. So, I, um, I, I, I took my stuff down out of the tree, I went scouting on other areas of this land. Which it did have plenty of good area and pr pretty neat land to hunt on, but uh, a couple days before the big, big firearms opener where everybody and their wife and child goes out hunting, I didn't really want to uh, disturb the situation. And I thought, well, I better get a little bit closer to home and, and get me on some of that private land. So I uh, that day I, I just pretty much uh, drug up, took my stuff, uh, went back home, took all my hunting stuff with, um, which is what you do on Minnesota public land. You're always supposed to take your stuff out of there. Uh, I was fine with it. So got her all out of there and we were happy snappy. Um, I finished the day doing some chores and stuff at the poultry homestead with my beautiful wife. And, and uh, we, we got a lot done here. And we had a good time, you know, and our daughter uh, was staying overnight at another place that night. So that was time for me to get, get ski-daddling. Um, anyway, the next morning, it, was, it would have been Friday morning, I uh, helped my beautiful wife milk her cow. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a good thing for husband and wife, you know, when you're out milking cows and, and developing a relationship with the cow and each other. It's just a good time at the poultry homestead, you know, that we, we have real early in the morning with our coffee and discussing the day and seeing what happens. Uh, thank God my wife is completely understanding about me being in total whitetail mode because uh, when it comes time for me to boogie, she doesn't resist at all. <laughs> so uh, it was time for me to get the heck out of there. And I got out of there and I got up in the tree plenty early. Uh, I actually set my stand up at a private homeowner nearby our house, uh, Big Farmer D. So uh, Big Farmer D's place, I was in there and I actually set my stand up that morning uh, in hopes for a, uh, a passerby, you know, because uh, right about this time of year is when the bucks start cruising for does. Uh, they will go along tree lines, they will go along fences, they will, they will walk miles and miles, scent checking every tree line, grove, and ditch, all these things in hopes to find a uh, girlfriend, if you will. But, um, so anyway, I, I, I got up in the tree and I was sitting there a while and, and talking about, and I had some stuff I needed to do on my phone some work, some things to look up, also some, um, you know, sending some messages to, to people. And as I was up there, I, uh, I got to, you know, I take, take a look around, get a little something done, take a look around, get a little something done. And um, here about uh, a little after 10 or, you know, was it 11? I don't know, it was, it was midday, roughly. Um, I looked over at the state land from uh, the private land that I was on and I thought, you know what? That's a deer coming out of that woods. 
and the farmer had just recently plowed the whole field. So I was really clued in to what this deer was doing. And uh, it came across the plowed field in a very relaxed manner. And by, at this time of the day, the wind was just whipping. <laughs> Uh, about 20 miles an hour and the tree was swinging back and forth pretty good um, from my end anyway but uh, not bad enough to where it almost shook me out of the tree which it did later but uh, anyway I, I'm sitting there and, and this all of a sudden I got my binoculars up and I couldn't really key in with the binoculars as to what this deer was it ended up being a spike buck that was cruising for does and I'm in this woods, and there's, there's a pretty good hunk of woods here. And I cannot shoot from one end to the other. I'm kind of in the middle. But this thing comes in like he's coming in on a string, and I didn't call or nothing. And it's windy, so I can get away with all kinds of movement and noise and all this stuff. And lo and behold, this buck comes in at about exactly 20 yards from my stand. Now if you've listened to the previous podcast, you will realize that I had made mistakes with my sight pins on the previous day. Uh, Wednesday morning, actually. So Wednesday morning, I, I fixed my sight pins, I put them where I thought they should be, and this spike box in there. And you know, it's legal for me to shoot that here. And I thought to myself, I, I thought, well, here goes, I, I think I'm gonna launch this arrow because you know what, this is pretty much an act of God that he comes in like this. So I drew the bow and you know, got settled in behind his shoulder and I, I didn't stop him or nothing. It was so windy he probably wouldn't have. But uh, settled in there and let her fly. And uh, it was an absolute, I saw where the arrow went in and it was an absolute perfect hit and then as I saw him, he, he uh, jumped up, and then he came towards me, actually, and uh, came about 10 yards from the stand, and I could see where that arrow had gone in, and I could tell that it was just a frickin' massive hit. And uh, so, I hung my bow back up, put an arrow back in it, let her sit there, and I thought, he's not gonna go far. And I uh, leaned up there a little bit and told my wife that uh, I had just hit a deer and a few friends and whatnot. And uh, I saw him go off into a spot and he, he, he hit a few sticks and tumbles and this, that, and the other things. So, I mean, I could tell that he was plenty injured and could not breathe. So, uh, I was feeling really good about it. And uh, I sat there for a good half hour or whatever just because... You know, I mean, you, you got to give it time. Not to mention, um, you know, I, I could shoot another deer. I have uh, a couple more doe tags. I could shoot one of those doe tags around here. So I was just hoping that uh, there's a possibility that somebody would kick one out of the state land on Friday as they went scouting. But uh, I, did, I did not have that opportunity. Anyway, so I got down from my stand. I went and looked at the arrow and the arrow was uh, unmistakably red. And uh, as I saw that, I was feeling really good about, about the hit. And uh, not too far later, there was plenty of blood. My, 
my broadheads are not the biggest cutting broadheads you've ever seen in your life. They cut them plenty, but they're not, um, not, not a blood trailing style broadhead. It's more of a penetrating style broadhead. So uh, these, this deer was, was bleeding plenty as far as I was concerned. And uh, so what I did is I took my bow and I actually got myself fairly undressed for the occasion. And uh, because I, it was getting warm out and I didn't need all my insulated uh, gear on for all this. So I went through the, the briars and the thickets and the bushes and the stickers and kickers and burrs and everything else. Because when a buck is injured, they always go through a burr patch unmistakably every single time that I've ever shot one, they do. Um, so anyway, I got to go in and I didn't go very far and uh, next thing you know, I, I got out into the weeds and there he was. Uh, dead as a doornail, nice double lung hit. I grazed the top of the heart. Uh, so that muscle was uh, definitely injured as well. So uh, needless to say, it was absolutely astonishing to me and, and very, very, came to a very, very good, good end for him. And it gave me an absolutely proud moment of all my screw ups that week, all my challenges, all my triumphs, all my, I mean, to have that much action in one week with the whitetails and not get one. And then finally, you know, I mean, it's not the biggest whitetail in the woods, but uh, the experience behind it was absolutely amazing. So I'm very, very proud and very excited to get this whitetail. And then, uh, so I threw him in the truck, went uptown, got a bag of ice for the chest cavity, because it was kind of warm out. And uh, I decided I was not gonna butcher the deer that day. So I got some ice in there, got him good and cooled down, uh, kept him in the back of the truck, overnight and uh, next morning I, uh, I uh, went, went, went hunting and then I butchered the deer and took what I wanted to the meat market but all the main cuts I, I skun it and uh, uh, deboned it and took all of my main cuts and uh, uh, kept those here for me and the family and wrapped them myself. Um, I don't have the equipment to make all the jerky and stuffing and sausage and blah 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 all that stuff so I have them do it at the meat market it's a it's a you know in Minnesota one thing you will know is a meat market is in every town um, there there is a meat locker everywhere because we have so many farm animals so much deer hunting and all that stuff. So these meat lockers are amazing and, and they're everywhere. And every time you give somebody a pepper stick from your deer, every single time they will ask where you got it done. So uh, we're, we're really happy and uh, we're really excited that we got this meat and beautiful bounty for the household. Um, it's not the biggest buck on the block, but the experience that I've had throughout this whole week is amazing. Uh, that's one thing about whitetail hunting is it's just like, oh, how would I explain it? It's just like sex or a relationship. I mean, you're not going to have the best sex you ever had with a chick that has the biggest boobs. And a lady will also tell you that she hasn't had the best sex she's ever had with a guy that's got the biggest hammer 
You know what I mean? So, whitetail hunting is exactly the same. Yes, I have shot big bucks. Um, and yes, it was totally awesome. But the experience that you have with the deer itself and the experience that your hunting gives you is the reward. And to get this spike buck, and to get all that on the ground, done, in the freezer, super happy right now, can't complain. And here I am, I'm sitting on two doe tags. Am I gonna go hunting again this year? I don't know. But you know what? I've had a hell of a year and I'm super excited about it. So anyway, that's the end of deer season for me for a while. Can't wait to get back on the homesteading podcast end of things with this. It's been a hell of a 12 days off and I have been at it. I've been worn out, kicked down, beat up, drug up, gotten back up, dusted myself off and got her in. Anyway, hope you enjoyed it today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And if you want to connect, God bless you. Ziggy underscore 519 at yahoo.com or Instagram. God bless you today. Anyway, have a good one. Thank you.